Welcome to Review That Review, the podcast dedicated to reviewing reviews. We're just like Siskel and Ebert, only instead of reviewing cinematic masterpieces, we rate and review those hilarious, scathing, and sometimes suspicious online reviews. So suspicious. That's Chelsea Dawn. And that's Trey Gerald. And together, we're the Review Queens. How's your crown feeling today, Trey? You know, I've secured it with 19 bobby pens and a whole lot of Aquanaut. Okay, well, then it's definitely not going anywhere. <laughs> um, how's your week been? Uh, my week is, is good. I feel like I always have a really boring answer to this, which is probably a great thing. It's a hard question, to be fair. I think my week's been good. We're still um, you know, assimilating as a family with our new dog, which I think we are going to go with Hunter. We're sort of still figuring that out um, when he's doing well with him. And the week is good. Our nephew, Denver, is visiting and staying with us, which is nice. And um, my friend from preschool, Rachel, is also staying with us. So it's a very full house. It's been a good week. How about you? How's your week? My week has been good. I just spoke with my alumni office at my high school for a little while, which was nice to connect and um, might be doing something with them in the future, which is great. Feeling excited to be here. And I can't even believe what this is episode seven, right? Seven, seven wow. minutes in heaven. Hopefully it will be however long, 52 minutes in heaven or however, <laughs> however long this ends up being. But thank you guys for tuning in. It's been so amazing doing this podcast and having so many of you reach out with just the nicest things to say. And Trey and I really, really appreciate it. First and foremost, this is something that we're doing for fun that we we just enjoy doing. And the fact that people are enjoying it along with us is just, it's so nice. So thank you guys. It really is amazing, actually. And with all that love just, you know, being spread around, I think that it's time that we... Lodge a complaint. It's really funny because when we <laughs> conceived this whole idea, it was like, yeah, we'll start with talking about our week and we'll go into complaints. But like, it's such a hard segue consistently <laughs> because we're like so full of gratitude um, about the podcast. And then it's like, all right, hard turn. <laughs> but I'm going to start because I have a really hardcore complaint that is something that has been with me internally for... Probably all of my life. I'm not sure exactly where it began. It has something to do with being a people pleaser, but mm. I want to lodge a complaint against this internal turmoil about telling anyone when their fly is down. <laughs> it, it's the same internal turmoil when, like, you're talking to someone and they accidentally spittle on your face. Oh, yeah. And you like bad. don't want to like wipe it away. You don't want like you don't <laughs> like they know they did it. You know, you that they know. don't want their spit on your face. Right. So you're like trying to like be clever and like, oh, is that a fly? And you just magically wipe your cheek or it's like, oh, oh, you know, it's also that same internal feeling when you're in conversation with someone and they have halitosis, disgusting, yeah. horrifying breath. And, and it's like if I say, oh, your breath, it's like. 
the conversation's over. It's terrible. I just registered that those are all the same feeling inside where oh. I feel stopped in expressing what's actually occurring from a place of uncomfortability. So I'm just lodging a complaint about being stifled and sharing like, oh, sir, your fly is down. <laughs> it's not the same. If someone has like... um someone comes out of the bathroom and they have toilet paper on their shoe. Right. That is sort of fine. It's like you haven't done anything wrong. Like you just didn't notice that that's there. But I feel like if your fly is down, you like maybe like, how did you forget to zip it up? I don't know. I don't know. But like, if you have bad breath, it's like, well, why do you have bad breath and you didn't realize it? And so I don't want to acknowledge it because then I'm being judgmental and then it's, it could be confrontational. And if someone spits on my face, I, I don't know why that's so uncomfortable. And I'm really hoping that out of the pandemic, that's something that we just have no issue with anymore. But that's my complaint. It really wreaks havoc internally on me. And um, I'm going to commit right here on the podcast to taking action on this complaint, being the change I want to see in the world when it comes to acknowledging when a fly is down, when someone spits on my face, and when someone has horrifyingly bad breath. Wow. Speak your truth. But I also feel you. I had a friend whose mom told somebody, like a friend of her sister's, that she had something in her teeth. Oh, same thing. And she tried to do it as a joke, which I understand. Like, joke is a good way of going about it, right? Like, it's, it's a, you know, we're humans. These things happen. And the woman did not take the joke well. But it's, it's just one of those things where it's, it's hard to know, like, how can I be helpful without making you feel worse? Like, how can I create a safe space for you? Because the alternative is, if I don't tell you, you're going to go home at night and be like, oh, my God, how long was my fly down? Totally. Or yeah, I mean, like, or like me, like I had chicken Caesar salad stuck in my braces for most of my bat mitzvah. Can you believe it? Are you serious? I swear. Half my pictures, my bat mitzvah <gasps> have chicken Caesar salad in my braces and not a single person told me. I mean, I'm livid every time I come across a picture where you can see the romaine. It's terrible. I am mouth agape at that. How did the <laughs> photographer not tell you? I mean, like to be fair to all parties involved, I mean, the photographer, I don't know, like maybe it was the braces and he couldn't really see it. And then like I saw it later. <laughs> I do wish like one of my friends or somebody would have just been like, well, let me just like give you a little bit of uh, advice. Like here's a, here's toothpick. a toothpick. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm so amazed at how, how much um, we both have to share about this internal turmoil. What oh, is your, what's your complaint for today? I think I have an important com complaint. Now, I, I complain a lot about things that are like semantics and I get mad when things don't line up. And I want to lodge a complaint against internet cookies because for so many reasons, but like, how dare they call themselves cookies when it's just oh my such God. not a pleasurable experience. Wait, and what also, are they though? Like, I actually don't right, really even you don't know, know what cookies are. are. Right. Most people don't. It's like your history. It's kind of okay. So sometimes you'll visit a website and they'll be like, in order to see this website, you need to accept our cookies. You know, like when you're looking at something in the internet and then all of a sudden that thing you were looking at the internet like follows you everywhere. That's the cookies fault. And that's what they're doing. They're gathering information and they need you to agree that it's okay under the guise of making your experience on the website a little bit better, right? Like if I know that you need bed sheets, then when you open up this Macy's app, I'm going to show you those bed, bed sheets and like just like weird stuff like that. And I, 
I hate them. I don't agree. Sometimes I'll just say, no, I don't accept your cookies. And sometimes that's okay. Like they'll still let me use the website. And sometimes I'm just like, if you're not going to let me use your website, because I won't accept your cookies, then I'm not going to use your website. And I just think the offense of the cookies in general is horrendous. But then beyond the offense, I love cookies. Okay. Cookies are like my favorite dessert. I enjoy them. I think cookies are perfect. It's like the cookie is to dessert what the taco is to like an entree. You know what I mean? It's just like all perfect ingredients. Cookies are fabulous. And the fact that they have the nerve to call this, this is not a gift. This thing cookies offensive. They should change the name. It's wrong. That is such a like real complaint. It happens so much in a day that I don't even recognize like I don't even like recognize the nuisance any longer. I feel like something happened recently in the last couple of years where it's like every single website has a little banner that's like accept yeah. our cookies. No, I'm not accepting. Ugh. Wow. Good job, Chelsea. That I really feel you on that. Thank you. Oh my God. Okay. I feel better. I really do feel better being able to discuss that with you and and get it off my chest. How do you feel having talked about your shame of confronting people, even when you're helping them? Um, I think I feel okay. I I don't feel really feel resolved, but I feel like excited to take on not being uncomfortable anymore. Yeah. Like you're on the path now. I feel a little annoyed now about cookies, to be honest. But anyway, let's move on. Ugh, let's let's move jump on. into some written online reviews. Please. As you know, we are your trusty review queens. We each bring in a review from the internet that we feel needs to be inspected. We read you the review, break it down, and rate the impact of the review on a scale from one to five crowns. It is a very regal process that we call... Assess that kvetch. Hey, Chelsea, did you know that kvetch means complaint? I'm kvelling Trey, your Yiddish. It's excellent. Gazai <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Who is first? <laughs> you are my lady. Review that review. Okay. My review is written by, I'm going to butcher this name and I apologize in advance, or Solia. I'm going to spell it O R S O L Y A or Solia D. This is a two star review of Ripley's Believe It or Not uh, in, <laughs> in Hollywood, I believe it's in Hollywood. And this is uh, Orsalia D's opinion of, of Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> You're right, Ripley. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe what a complete waste of time and disappointment you are. You're lucky I had complimentary tickets because there's no way anyone should spend hard-earned cash on you. One expects much more fun from this famous tourist hotspot. What a dud this auditorium turned out to be. The most appealing factor? The exterior, which has you believe that the contents will entice, excite, and astonish. I suppose that is another one of Ripley's illusions. I generally stay away from tourist spots, but I had complimentary tickets and hey, if it's free, I'm in. Not to mention, I took the metro, so I didn't have to deal with parking and whatnot. I arrived to an empty building. Maybe everyone already knows not to come here. (laughs) 
Even the young teenager working the front desk was bored and making fun of the establishment. I expected oddities, jars with preserved alien creatures, ancient artifacts, etc. What I find? A few rooms of facts on tablets and the most cheesy mannequin displays demonstrating the stated fact. It was horrible. I have a better time reading a Ripley's Believe It or Not book. A complete bore. There were only a few highlights, which are barely memorable, so that shows how much of a highlight they were. Everything looked like a funhouse at an elementary school carnival. The hall of dungeon-like displays of torture weapons was okay, but played cheesy Halloween sound effect tapes, and the mannequins were dressed up for Christmas wearing Santa hats and naughty signs, which decreased the effect even more. We were in and out of this place in about 30 minutes or less. I can't believe this place is still in business. Wow. Yeah. Or Solia D wants to make it very clear that they had comp tickets. I think they said that about three times. They did. I will say love or Solia D's personality and passion here, but they were a bit repetitive. Have you ever been to a Ripley's Believe It or Not? I went to. Yes, I've been to the Ripley's Believe It or Not in Atlantic City. And I remember when I went with my friends, we were so excited because there was something else to do in the area. It's pretty boring, though. Oh, really? I've actually never been. Yeah, it's not like they really oversell it, which I think is what Orzalia is getting at, like outside of it and everything. They're like, Ripley's Believe It or Not. And there were like some interesting factoids about like the guy with the longest toenails. Or that woman that can pop her eyeballs out. Oh, yes. I'm sure she was. She was probably (laughs) on or like something with Snapple or like the most Snapple lids. I was a kid when I went, like I was still a teenager at the time. And I think we had like enough fun sort of making fun of it and probably using the photo booth or something. But again, this was in Atlantic City, not Hollywood. So I don't know. There is one in Key West and there's obviously a famous one in New York, but I've actually never been. But I know in Key West, the building is... And even in Hollywood, I've seen... I've driven by the one in Hollywood. The the facade, like Orsalia said, is like really cool looking. 100%. The facade is like super cool. It definitely makes you think like, oh, maybe I'll do that. Even if it's like, oh, maybe when my my nephew comes in town or something like that's something we can do. I'm happy to know that it's kind of bad. I mean, like, I'm, I'm glad that I read this review because I think it might be like push me over the edge to not go and remember the last time I did it when I was a kid that it really wasn't that interesting and they're not really giving anything. But I think maybe if I got complimentary tickets. Does Orsalia Sol- or say anything about children or was it just Orsalia? It says they were in and out within half an hour, right? So it said we were in and out. We. So they were with somebody. I'm trying to just quickly look. Yeah, no. The only other person that Orsalia mentioned was the younger teenager that was working there. Who <laughs> was bored so, and making fun of it. Who um, was bored and also making fun of it. I mean, it does definitely occur to me as a tourist thing for children. Like that yes. is definitely... So hearing that it's just stupid mannequins and also I just love like the ageism within saying the cheesy Halloween sound effect tapes. 
<laughs> like the this yeah. franchise of Ripley's, believe it or not, is using cassette tapes. What is the spelling and grammar like? Spelling and grammar is solid, good. We, you know, we use quotations appropriately, punctuation's all good. We we use some ca- all caps, but not in a way that was abusive. I actually really believe Orsaya in this, only because at first I was like, why is this bitch writing a <laughs> review when they got comm tickets? Right. But they must have like they must really be committed to making a difference in the world because if they were that offended by the inferiority of this oddity display, um, yeah, auditorium, auditorium. That's the word. <laughs> and this is two stars, right? So I wonder why yeah. it wasn't one. I think the second star is for the comp ticket. We can't just give a one star. I think I agree with you. Like we got comp tickets. It was free. The whole. I I think that they say you're lucky I had a complimentary ticket, you know, because it was something to do. I wonder how you get those. How can I get a comp ticket? I want to go. I feel like it's probably either like a school raffle, you know, like just get a free one. Or maybe if you're just walking on Hollywood Boulevard and they're just passing them out because they're trying to get bodies in the room and they don't want to hire extras. (laughs) I I was intrigued and entertained instantly with the subject or the first sentence, which is like, well, Ripley, I don't You're believe right, it. You're right, Ripley. I don't believe it. I don't. Yeah. It was but good. It, I mean, I thought Arsalia was clever. Again, like I think long-winded, repetitive at times, but I was laughing when I read this review. If you were Orsalia's grandma, would you put this on the fridge? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, probably not. I don't think it's that interesting, but um, some people's grandparents have a lot of weird things on their fridge. I mean, it is interesting to me to be re- given something for free and then make the choice to like give a negative opinion of it, which like I appreciate the um, integrity of doing that. But there is something odd about like, well, but it was free. I mean, Orsaya was like really turned off by this. I mean, I, I do find this to, I don't know if it's a deal breaker, but right. it's. But it, it's definitely an impact because every time I go by the Ripley's in Key West or in Times Square, yeah, I do like feel a little sense of like, oh, I bet this would be really fun, right? Or but, I should cross it off the bucket list or something. But now I really think Orsalia is going to live within me. Yeah, I think Orsalia is not going anywhere for a while. But I, I also think just to like push back a teeny bit in terms of the free thing and whether or not Orsalia has the right to write a review because it was free. Like you said, like they were transparent about it was free. It wasn't like they were saying they paid for it and and then writing this review. So like, I I appreciate the transparency. It's similar to, I don't know if you've ever come across a product, but sometimes people in like product just like reviews will say, you know, I I got this as a free trial or, you know, I, I got this product for free, but I'm reviewing it anyway. And I think that Sometimes money comes up in in the review, like I this was a ripoff or something like that. Obviously, we dealt with that um, with last week's uh, wish dot com issue. But like this, it doesn't always have to be about money. It's really about is this worth my experience? Is this worth my time? And so I think I would consider Orsalia just as much as I would I would consider anybody else because they did walk through it. They experienced it. I mean, half hour, but, you know, they were in there and they did break down some of what I might expect to see if I were to visit this Ripley's, believe it or not. And they also said it was an empty building. So like that also helps you to like read the tablets that fast and get out. 
Yeah. Like there's like nobody in there. So there's no, there's no fighting over a tablet. To your point about this, like it almost pushes me more in the other direction about they got this for free and it was still like so inferior of an experience that they just like don't want anyone to spend money because they didn't like it and it was free. So there is something like very humanitarian about that. Yeah. And also like Orsolia is an elite reviewer. And I know that people who are elite reviewers, they take it seriously. Like it's almost like their job to whenever they have an experience, you know, share their experience with the people. I think that plays into why Orsolia wrote this review. Wait, I missed that before. So this is so Orsolia is an elite Yelp reviewer. Yeah. Maybe that's how they got Comtech. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Good point. Maybe. But they didn't have a good experience, so it didn't work out in that regard. But yes, I think I think we can crown it. Yeah, I think I'm ready. Okay. Chelsea and I each have our own set of one to five crown cards. And in an effort to be fair and not influenced by one another's crown cards, we will simultaneously reveal our rating. The queens are tabulating. All right. Are you ready? Um... I know. I really want to break a crown in half again. I'm like, we could just do. Let's just do. Let's do half crowns. I'll, we'll make cards and do and incorporate them later. Okay. Okay. You um, ready now? You want to yeah. make one <laughs> to hold it up? Yeah, I'll do those really quick. I'm gonna make one too. Yeah. All right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> wait, this is so bad. It's really funny. I w- I'm gonna show. I can't wait to show you. Okay, hold on. Okay. Wait. Okay. Woo! Okay. School. Oh my goodness! We both said three point five crowns. Oh my god, Trey! Look at your half crown. <laughs> it looks like Bart Simpson. I appreciate the drawing. I didn't even draw anything. I just wrote it on the back of one of our cards from Merrill Go Round. But okay, three and a half crowns. Unanimous decision by the queens. Trey, please explain your three and a half. Or Salia had really salient points here. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate candor. It wasn't super uh, entertaining. I, I, I want. I thought it would be more from the joke at the get go. But I do think that there really is a lasting impact. And so for that <laughs> reason, I, I actually do want to go to one now to see how factual Orsalia was. So for that reason, I broke one and a half because I didn't really think it was four, but I didn't think it was three. So three and a half. That is my <laughs> rating. Why did you do three and a half? I had the same feeling like I, I I wanted to do four, but then I was like, I, you know, I'm sort of a little bit of a stricter judge. So I didn't think it was quite worth four, but I did think it was worth more than three. I took points away from Arsalia because I think they were a little bit repetitive mm. and they really were top heavy with the entertainment and then sort of like fizzled a little bit. But that being said, I was thoroughly entertained. Everything was clear. I could understand what they were saying. They were transparent about their experience. I definitely believe that they're real. Um, and this is an authentic review. So for those reasons, I gave Orsalia three and a half crowns. Great job, Orsalia. I mean, it's a very Great. solid rating. Half half of a crown above being middle of the road, which yes. I, I applaud. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's take a quick break from all of these oddities auditorium talk and when we come back we're going to listen to some listener voicemails before we get into my review oh my god i can't wait all right love it brb brbz hold your crown we'll be right back
<laughs> Hello, it's me, the non-trademarked cookie. Uh, cookie. What's another word for a monster? What's another word for monster? Villain. Villain. Oh, hello, it's me, the non-trademarked cookie villain. I love cookies. I love them so much that I'm going to jump into your computer screen and I'm going to make you click OK. <laughs> cookies, cookies, cookies. Oh my God. Terrifying. And also I'm going to catch you, Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually a little scared. (laughs) Oh my God, Chelsea, it's behind you. All right. So this week, Meryl is on her union break somewhere in the Caribbean. So today we're not going to have any time. Oh, my God. Get- wait, hold on one second. Shoot. Sorry. I thought I turned my phone off and I guess I didn't. Oh, it's a listener voicemail. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know we were doing this because I didn't say that we were going to do this. I, I actually don't know what I'm about to hear. So I'm like, I'm excited, nervous, like all of the above. So this week. We have two separate listener voicemails oh that we're going to play. Okay. First of all, this one comes from someone. I'll, I'll actually just play okay. it because they're going to say their name. Oh, great. So I don't need to okay. say it. Cool. Hi, my name's Kristen. I'm not calling to be featured on the podcast, but Oops. I am calling as a fan. <laughs> if I were going to review, review the review to get meta, I would uh, say... Yeah, this is where we're playing, buddy. Um, great to listen to while you pretend to listen to your children say the same thing for the 90th time in a row. 10 out of 10. Would recommend it for that activity. Aww. You guys are doing great. Love you. Aww. Love you. Wow. That was so nice. It sounds like Kristen's very busy. So busy. And like, a child. first of all, juggling a child obviously like has to be around the kids. And still took the time to call and compliment. And also, I'm sorry, Kristen, because I know you said you didn't want to be featured and we featured you anyway. I'm so glad, Trey, you played that for me. And Kristen gave us a 10 out of 10 because we're good for ignoring children. Yeah. And like, who doesn't need to ignore their child every once in a while? I've aspired for nothing more (laughs) in my life than um, being (laughs) Being able to ignore children. Kristen, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. That was awesome. We have another voicemail. This one is from Matt. Hi, uh, this is Matt B. I'm lodging a complaint for the Review Queens because I want to hear what your reviews look like. I want you to read your reviews when you review something online and let maybe the users actually tell you their uh, thoughts on your reviews. Thanks. Bye. So nice. So not, I mean, nice, but I feel like came in a little, I don't know, like, I'm sorry. I, I, I think that this is like, um, neither one of us are really big review writers. Like I, I've only, I went to my Yelp profile to see like, am I wrong? Have I written a lot of reviews? And I've only written one five-star review. I probably sent some heated emails. So if it would make Matt feel better, like I can bring in one of my heated emails and read that. Would that be helpful? I actually appreciate Matt (laughs) lodging a complaint 
against us. I think that <laughs> I love that. I think that's fun. I know. I so I did a lot of digging in response to this voicemail prior to us recording today. Okay. And in the first episode, I referenced that I left a review on delivery.com that I was so scared about that I changed all of my user information. Oh, that's yes. And the restaurant no longer exists. So okay. is it your fault? Probably. <laughs> but I went through 17 pages of oh my God. Uh, history in my delivery.com wow. account. This is three houses ago, apartments ago. I can't find it anywhere. I think I may have actually deleted it oh. because I was so worried. Okay. So I, I have no record of that. Then I I looked really long and hard for this. And I, I'm really hoping that this is not going to be lost forever. But I worked at a outdoor summer stock theater in like 2005. Okay. And I had a really bad experience there. And there used to be a website called nonequitydeputy.com, which is a little inside baseball here, but it's a place where you could leave reviews as former hires of these okay. summer acting jobs. And I left a horrifyingly scathing, horrible review Okay. The website no longer exists. It was purchased by another website called Audition Update. And that was purchased by Backstage. And now Mm -hmm. none of it exists. So there is absolutely no record anywhere. And here, this is more history. I went back out of more fear several years later to see if anyone had ever replied to it. And there was like a horrifying decimating of my character reply. Wait, Wait, where did you find that? It was someone else that was like, I worked there and it was great. And obviously this person like is not a cool person and like whatever. Oh but God. I can't find it anywhere. And I'm really disappointed about that because I think it would be very cathartic, but I think it'd be really funny to read and like mortifying. So I can't find it. I- I'm not giving up. I'm hoping that maybe I emailed it to myself. I like logged into my old live journal account, but then <laughs> I didn't have the right password. You did a like, lot of like- research for Matt. I was really sleuthing because I love this idea. So Matt, thank you for calling in. We are going to take the criticism, the complaint, and um, try to implement it in the future. Yeah. And I, I also just want to take this opportunity to like say that you know there is a certain amount of bravery in posting online reviews. And even though we're, we're kind of like picking fun at these people because it's a comedy podcast and we want to have fun, like, you know, I get it. Like it, it takes a little bit of chutzpah to uh, write a review and put it on the internet. That's true. And maybe, you know, I'll be more vocal and leave a a negative review simply to read on the podcast. Yes. Um, All right. Well, listeners, if you have something to say, like Kristen did, if you just want to give us a 10 out of 10, we'll take it. Love her. We want to hear it. So if you have a complaint to lodge, if there is a very special person in your life that you want to induct for My Royal Highness, then... Call us, leave us a voicemail at our voicemail box. The number is 1 850 Review Zero. That's 1 850 Review Zero. And operators are standing by or not, but just leave us a message. <laughs> Please. Review that review. Okay, we are back from that moment of self-reflection and insights from Matt and Kristen. Thank you, guys. And we are ready to move on to Trey's review. So where is your review from this week, Trey? I really do like that. I didn't even really think about this until this moment, but we had like... It was a nice yin and yang. Yeah. 
So good job. Good job, listeners. Okay. Okay, this week, my review is a one-star review from Amazon.com. Okay. Written by Sharon K for the book, The Giving Tree. Okay. Another book. Yes. Okay, great. And the subject is, I was horrified. Okay. This book went into the trash. I couldn't make myself put it in the Goodwill box because... I did not want to promote this ugly, <sighs> ugly message of greed with no end. This nasty kid who grows up into a nasty adult who successfully kills the thing, who is willing to give and give and give for his self-interest. Classic American story of our relationship with the natural world. Of course, it calls into question a tree that apparently has no self-respect and never says, quote, no, enough. But that's not how this story is told. I guess in the right hands, it could impart some powerful lessons, but I am not convinced that people take the time to seriously contemplate these kinds of ideas anymore. On the surface, it is just an ugly story about unfettered greed, a me, me, me mentality, no regard for anything but self, a stupidity that destroys, and a self-destructive tree with no sense of self-preservation. The whole thing was bad karma from beginning to end. It met the recycle bin within 10 minutes of getting here. F- and shame on you, Silverstein, for writing such a garbage story. <laughs> Giving? Yeah, right. This book should go out of print. And some of the decent stuff that was written for kids should go back in. Just totally disgusted over here. Wow. Oh, my God. That was, that was a lot of energy coming off of that review. Didn't you feel that? Oh my God. Sharon K came in hot. Sharon K came in very hot, came in very, I don't know, hurt. Like, I remember being a kid. Like, I can remember the cover of this book. Like, it's the green book, right? With the tree and the yes. apple or whatever. Yes. But it's been such a long time that I can't even remember the story. Do, do you remember the story at all? Oh, yes. I, lo oh, you do? I loved The Giving Tree. Okay. It is a Shel Silverstein book. Yes. Basically, it's like this little baby is by the tree and then like the tree gives him shade like so that he doesn't get sunburnt. And then like he loves the tree. I think he like brings his date to the tree and then like he carves his initials into the tree. And then as he gets older, he like cuts the tree so that he can build a boat and then um, he like is an old person and then i don't know he makes a coffin out of i don't know what happens at the end but the whole thing is is that the tree <laughs> is like anything for you the tree keeps it's a giving tree it's in the title right. right right but uh sharon says f and shame on you i know so i i wrote that down so f and shame did she write just the letter f yeah okay good. yeah all right all right but i mean still bad but like at least she didn't she didn't go for the full profanity. I wonder if Sharon Kay is in grad school and she was doing research for her thesis and she was like, let me come up with a really controversial opinion about something. 
Like what's something that everybody liked when they were a kid, the giving tree. Cause it just, it felt like she was very kind of like soapboxy about her interpretation. Do we think it's that deep? I feel like everyone knows the book is like it that it's like a terrible story. I mean, not that, but everyone gets that like they're saying, like, why is this the point of the book? Like, shouldn't the lesson be no, they're enough? Like, have self-respect. First of all, it's a tree. So it doesn't is it a self? I don't know. But like right. I think that's the point of the book is if you give too much, then you it's lose. like yeah. but like hello, if we're gonna call out the giving tree, then we need to call out literally every Grimm's fairy tale, which yeah. then became every Disney story. They're exactly. all horrible. Oh, you have to change who you are to be loved. Oh, great. Cut your fin off. Sell your voice. Yeah, yeah. like change yourself for this hunk of a hot man who has a nice dog. <laughs> like, it's not just Shel Silverstein that's guilty of this. I think ugh, I hate this stuff too because we are evolving as people. And I'm sure we can look at so many things, you know, so many books we read as, as children that maybe had messages that we didn't see at the time, but I don't know. I, I feel like we're sort of taking it like too far. And also how long did she say she had the book before it went in the trash? What she then mentioned was recycling later. Thank you. She said trash. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> It says trash in the first sentence. Yeah. And then it says it met the Recycling. recycle bin within 10 minutes. Ten, like, the, it just doesn't feel like she took a lot of time with the book. Does it sound like she'd read the book before and was like rebuying it for a kid? Or she was just an adult that was assuming that, you know, Silverstein had written this book in wh- whenever this review was written. Like, does she not know that this is an old story? I don't know. The fact that she said that the tree has no self-respect. Like, I know you already said that, but like, I don't know. Like, is that the point? Like, like, I, okay. Like I, like I said before, the paper receipts, I'm all about saving the trees. We need the trees. They give us, you know, oxygen to breathe. And also what about the fact that she said in the right hands, the story, you know, could impart some serious lesson. Like, does she want to take a go at it, Sharon? (sighs) Ooh, I want to read Sharon's version. Sharon, do you want to write a, a book that says the self-respecting tree? I mean, like, I like, I don't know, like, I don't know what we would call it. I think it a would withholding probably tree. The boundary boss tree. The boun- <laughs> the, yes. Thank you, Terry Cole. The boundary tree. I'm open to the pitch if she's willing to give it. I just think that Sharon should use instead of writing this scathing review, which again, she's completely entitled to her opinion, of course. Maybe Sharon should present an offering. You know, it is interesting to me because this sort of turns into like literary criticism. Yeah. Because I, I do think that there is perhaps the in, this book is an inciting incident for a teaching moment with a right. family or two whoever is reading it, it. It could prompt a conversation. I imagine that that was what was occurring in my childhood. I remember I loved the book. Yeah. And I thought the book was so sad. And the reason it yeah. was so sad was because the tree was giving too much of itself. So I think the right. idea got into my head. Like, I think I got yeah, the, the point. lesson is inherent, you know? And if it's but, not, then you have a conversation about it. So it is right. really I interesting. Mean, and me every that- story needs a cookie villain. And sometimes we all play the cookie villain. And in this case, <laughs> the kid might've played the cookie villain a little bit. <laughs> I was wanted to touch on the bad karma comment. Yeah. So the book is bad karma. Like 
owning the book is bad karma. Writing the book is bad karma. Reading it is bad karma. Like what aspect of the exchange with the book is bad karma? Is it a threat to somebody reading it? Like, oh, I shouldn't buy it because I'm going to get bad karma. That's a good question. Because Is Shell Silverstein going to reap the karma of this? The whole thing was bad karma from beginning to end. And what does that mean? Because who's what is, what's the bad karma? Yeah. What do we mean by that? Because the boy doesn't get punished. Like the boy has no consequence. So there is no bad karma there. And the tree is willingly giving. Right. So where is and the also, bad karma? We take, right? I think what you were kind of saying before, like there's an opportunity for a lesson here. Every time you go to CVS, you take from the trees, right? Every time you you go to the bathroom, if you don't have a bidet, you you know, you gotta you better thank those trees. Like Every day I'm sitting at a desk that's made out of wood. A tree died for this desk. I mean, I would argue this book is offering that lesson. Be cognizant of how much you're taking and not giving in return. How much of a taker are you? I think this is just this whole conversation is leading down the road of educators need to be paid more because the whole point is in kindergarten, you sit in your little story well, the teacher reads you this book, and then there's a conversation following about how are you like the boy? How are you like the tree? How can you be in the middle? Oh my gosh. Right. Sharon. Sharon's got us all worked up. I mean, the other thing I'll say, you you do tend to bring in the books, which I appreciate. I don't, it's not like my first go-to when I'm searching for reviews for us. And that's why we make such a great pair. But one of the things that I guess I come come up against whenever we do one of these reviews from books is I think of books as being like very subjective in the same way that art is subjective, right? I don't think I can read a book and say every person that reads a book is going to have this experience in the same way that I can't look at art that I really love and say everybody is going to love this piece of art. So I, I find it hard to say like, would reading this review by Sharon keep me from buying this book? Because once again, you know, she's talking about it as if this is the only interpretation, this is the only way to read the book, where I feel like she shouldn't really be speaking for everybody because, you know, you had a completely different experience with this book. We got to leave a little bit of room, right? And it says that too, like, this book should go out of print and some of the decent stuff that was written for kids should go back in. So I wonder, I wonder. I almost what... want to know what Sharon would think is decent. I almost wish she would have been like, these are my favorite books when I was a kid. And here's why. And here's why this book, you know, didn't deliver on that same level. Cause I'm just, I, I don't feel like I know from this what Sharon's taste is. Like, I know that she hates this, but I don't know what she likes. Yeah. And 82 people found this helpful. Okay. That's why I'm wondering, like, I don't remember the book well enough to be like, is this a super controversial issue? And and the giving tree should be canceled. Like, so if you were buying a book for your nephew, Trey, would you read this review? Would it have an impact on you? Probably not. Like, I, I think I would probably just buy it. I probably would buy this in person, see it on the shelf, recognize the cover and be like, oh, I'm having a nostalgic moment with this book. So I want to read it to my nephew, if I'm being honest. Okay. My point is, I think somebody going to buy The Giving Tree today, because it's been around forever and Shel Silverstein is famous and all this, I think they know they want it. I don't know that there are that many people that are on the fence. What do you think? 
Yeah. I mean, my sister and I were just having a conversation about Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Yeah. And she was like, he's just a brat. <laughs> so it's like, I think all of the, it's right. like, we're just stimulating children's minds. Yeah. I, and like, my personal opinion, apart. we could pick things apart forever, but I used to read the Alexander's no good, very bad day when I was a kid. And I never like, it's a character. It's like Amelia Bedelia. Like, are we going to be like Amelia Bedelia? She's perpetuating a story that like women can't do things. Like, I right. don't know. I just loved Amelia Bedelia when I was a kid. I don't feel like it's that deep. Well, I do think that like this is sort of echoed and like uh, these like premium television shows now. Like we used to be like the leave it to the beavers mm-hmm. era where everyone was perfect and like they would make one mistake and that was the moral of the story right and now we have like really effed up characters that breaking bad are doing yeah. very horrible things and they're right. somehow the protagonist yeah so i think like we learned from alexander that don't be an alexander right. don't be a brat yeah you read this book and perhaps you see like oh wow this person's really greedy to the death of something else so that's a learning yeah. experience or maybe but- i should have gratitude when i am like using something that came off of a tree and acknowledge the sacrifice that the tree is making but i do think that there is an impact for me reading this even though i do have an attachment to the giving tree that i i would sort of be like well maybe this is not the best book to purchase for my nephew so that is interesting i know she definitely sharon if nothing else has made me question and think. you know and think about oh like what is this book and and was there like some sort of major gaping negative message that's damaging that i somehow didn't you know, didn't notice when I read it. So I'll agree. There was, there was a bit of an impact. My, I mean, anyone, if this ever makes it to to video for Patreon or anything, like my mouth was pretty much like open the entire time because I really felt the energy and the anger and the, the oomph, so to speak behind Sharon's words. So there was for sure an impact. All right. I think we're ready. Yeah. I think I'm ready to. Let's okay. crown it. All right. The Queens are tabulating. All right, you ready? I, I need to make one again because I'm going to do a halfy. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm ready. Total score. You did two oh. and a half and I did one and, and one and a half crown. Wow. Wait, why one and a half? I did one and a half because I don't know, like I, I didn't agree with the the way she came at it, how like intense she was that I didn't even know if she read the book. Like she, like she took no time with the book. She, she threw it in the trash immediately. She, she had a very rash judgment of this and then got it, threw it in the trash, then took it out of the trash and put it in the recycling bin and then got online and wrote this review. And I just, I don't know. I don't feel like Sharon really took enough time with the book or did other than like just her, um, like kind of philosophical and and broad statements about lacking self-respect and that kind of thing. I don't think that I learned anything. Like this is what you're reading and this is what you think you're getting and this is what it actually means. And and if Sharon had taught me something because she had done the textual analysis and provided that for me, then I would have been like review queen. But because I don't feel like she did that for me, um, I was really tempted to give her one. I gave her the extra half because I'm questioning and I want to take a second look and see if there are other people that have similar opinions about this book. So maybe I won't read it to my nephew, Trey. How about you? Why two and a half? 
I just said two and a half because I found it to be entertaining. Like I thought it was funny. The point of view was so intense yes. that I thought this is entertaining me. And it does sort of have an impact because it does make me think like maybe I shouldn't purchase this. Like is, could it have a damaging impact? Or do I really have to be responsible for the teaching lesson because it isn't in print or more suggested rather than uh, declared? And the spelling was totally fine and sufficient. And uh, so for that reason, I gave two and a half because I don't agree, but I feel like it's a great point of view. I feel like in terms of our relationship, like you're more the Paula and I fall somewhere (laughs) between like a Randy and a Simon, you know? That's a no for you, dog. (laughs) That's a no for me, dog. That's a no. That is a big learning lesson for today that I think I'll take with me. I've also really learned that cookies have two very different meanings. Mm. I really do like the name Marsalia. Yeah, I think we should add it to the list. Hunter or or Salia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. Well, anyway, my queen, we've reached the most regal portion of our show, which is who are you inducting, Trey, for my royal highness? All right. So this week, I have chosen to induct an organization that is very near and dear to my heart that I've supported for many years, and it's called The Trevor Project. So the Trevor Project is a nationwide organization that provides support for LGBTQ youth. And they have a 24-7 lifeline phone number, as well as a text number and an online chat for youth that are struggling, questioning, having a suicidal ideation, anyone that just needs support. I want to give them a shout out because they have been around for a very long time, really making a huge impact in the world. And they also have amazing resources for parents. There's a whole resource page on the website with guides for how to be an ally for a transgender youth, gender non-binary, as well as coming out guides for anyone that's questioning or, or curious. So if you or someone you know needs help, the Trevor Lifeline number is 1-866-488-7386. They're available 24-7, 365 days. If you want to text Trevor Text, all you have to do is text START to 678-678. So I want to induct the Trevor Project for my Royal Highness this week. Another very, very worthy induction. And thank you for sharing all that information. That was great. What about you, Chels? I'm going to take it a little bit more local and I'm going to give my Royal Harness. Royal Harness? That's something else. Now let's back it up. I'm gonna give <laughs> I'm gonna give my royal highness to Carmela, the owner of a floral boutique called Orchid Republic in Sherman Oaks. I've been ordering flowers from her for forever. And the thing that I love the most about Carmela is every single time I call, she answers the phone and she says, Hi Chelsea, how can I help you? And it's just so nice. Like, it doesn't matter if I called her like a few months ago or like a year ago. She always addresses me by name and it's so sweet and so kind. And she always makes the most beautiful arrangements. I had her make an arrangement for my friend whose birthday it was, who also just moved into a new house. And it was stunning as per usual. So thank you, Carmela. And also Kendall, who is working in the store, I just want to share with you guys, gave me a great tip about how to transport flowers that worked 
really well. So thank you, Kendall. Apparently, all you have to do, whether it's in a vase, like a, a vase bouquet, or if it's an orchid, is belt it into the front seat. Put the seatbelt. Uh- yeah. Put the seatbelt around the vase or whatever it is. And I was driving for like over a half an hour. Perfect. Arrived. Absolutely perfect. So thank you, Carmela and everyone. Kendall at Orchid Republic. Again, not an ad, but I just love you guys. And thank you so much. You're my Royal Highness. I love that. All right, Chelsea. Shall we keep the regality flowing and read a royal review? Oh my God, of course. We're, we're having yeah. so much engagement this episode. All right. So every so often, we like to feature one of our very own reviews from listeners like you. And that's right. But a review from one of our listeners isn't just any ordinary review. It's a royal review. Maybe it's time for some royal Imagine being such a good vocalist that you can riff in a funny way. I know. Not otherwise. All right. So um, today's Royal Review is from the user Josh Knows FL on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Obsessed. I'm so obsessed with this podcast. As a restaurant manager, I can fully relate to everything that is shared here. As part of my job, I have to pay attention to online reviews. So to have a podcast that lets me make light of what is honestly one of the worst parts of my job is a treasure. The chemistry between the two of you is also totally on point, And I can't wait for the next episode. Oh, my God. Josh knows FL. Josh knows Florida. That was so sweet. Thank you. That's so amazing. And the statement of all statements that one of the worst parts of being a restaurant manager is looking for reviews. I mean, imagine all the complaints that you get as a restaurant manager. So many fires you have to to let out. It just makes me feel good that like, I feel like Josh, not only does Josh know Florida, but like Josh knows the deal. (laughs) Like Josh gets it. Josh understands the podcast and, and we're just trying to make light of something that can sometimes feel heavy and scary, like bad reviews on the internet. And we take everything so personally. And I, I totally understand what it must be like for Josh to have to read bad reviews of a restaurant that he manages and and probably loves and and adores or hopefully loves and adores. So thank you, Josh, for knowing us as well as you know, Florida. I hope it is Florida. I think it is. Um, I'm sure it is. (laughs) And if you want to be featured as one of our Royal reviews, then make sure you leave us a review right now. We've made it super easy with a super cute hyperlink lovethepodcast.com slash the review queens. And there's also a one-click link in the show description. So super easy. Well, well, here we are. We did a queen another round in the books. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. If you didn't like what you heard, please tell an enemy. If you want to be like Emily or Kristen or Matt, then please hit up our voice mailbox, 1-850-REVIEW-0. And you can also follow us on all the socials at The Review Queens. And I'm at Chelsea BD. And I'm at Trey Gerald with two R's. Become a member of our royal court by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash review that review. You can also watch live clips from every recording session on YouTube. And remember, be like Robert. Wait, is it Robert? It's Josh. I don't know who the hell Robert is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
And remember, be like Josh, who knows everything. Ignore the haters. You're a queen. Gender non-specific queen. Of course. Bye. Bye. I don't know who Robert is. Review That Review is an independent podcast. Certain names have been redacted or changed to protect the guilty. Executive produced by Trey Gerald and Chelsea Dawn with editing and sound design by me with Voice of Her Talents by Eva Kamensky. Our cover art was designed by Logo Vora and our theme song was written by Joe Canozian and sung by Natalie Weiss.